The information provided is not a substitute for legal and other professional advice where the facts and circumstances warrant. People should always consult their own legal or other professional advisors and discuss the facts and circumstances that apply to their specific circumstances. The information shared on Ask the Landlord is for educational purposes only. Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of Ask the Landlord with our favorite landlord, Albert Dweck. I'm Melissa. I'm one of Albert's producers and a former New York City renter. And together, we're going to be asking this landlord some questions. But today, we have a special guest on the podcast, another landlord and the founder and president of Flatiron Real Estate Advisors, Stephen Ancona. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Just to start things off today, Stephen, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? How'd you get into the business? Let's see if anything overlaps with Albert. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, I have a little bit of a family background in real estate, but I really started, uh, I really ended up in real estate through kind of a love, uh, might sound strange, but of of environmental issues. I started working at an environmental consulting firm when I was still in college. And we actually um, embarked on a program of buying environmentally contaminated sites, cleaning them up, redeveloping them. I did that for a bunch of years. Um, And then I decided to expand that um, and start my own company. January of 2000, I started Flatiron to continue doing that kind of work, but also buying underperforming uh, uh, poorly utilized residential buildings in New York City, a lot of them rent regulated. So the idea was to buy them, fix them up, redevelop them, improve them, um, and you know create investments that way. Um, and then through the course of that work, we kind of started getting requested to do third-party management, so actually managing the properties. Um, so we kind of have an investment business and we have a property management business, which at one point we were up to like 1,500 units under management. Today it's smaller. Today it's about six or 700 units. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the big picture. Um, I'm also a professor at NYU. I teach a class in their master's uh, uh, program in real estate at the Shack Institute. Um, so I teach like one class a semester in residential development. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I, I would say the big picture is I always loved real estate, the idea of um, buying, developing, improving um, uh, all different types of spaces. Got it. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for joining us today also. I uh, really appreciate that. And uh, Stephen and I are good friends. And what I wanted to do here also is uh, get another perspective of another landlord. And also what we're going to do distinguish today uh, a bit differently is you know, for, I get the residents are, you know, the tenants, uh, but also it's important to understand that, you know, there's landlords, there's, there's building owners, right? And then there's, then there's the management of the properties that you're in. So um, very often, sometimes they're the same and sometimes they're different. So, you know, sometimes you have small landlords that it's like managing their own property. And then sometimes they're a third party uh, managers and you know very often you find you know as a tenant you find yourself 
with an issue or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm dealing with the property manager, but there's an owner that is also uh, a cons- uh, has a has a interest and concern, obviously, in the building. So uh, sometimes that happens. There's another party there that you have to deal with, or that you know that the manager has to go back to. So um, Stephen's gonna highlight that differences really in that there's a you know there's a property management concern, and there's a that might be different from the owner. So right, Melissa, is that does that make sense? Yes, it does. No, and as a tenant, you could see how like. They're, oh, you didn't know, oh, there's a landlord and there's a property manager. How does that work? Who's the person that I deal with? You had those questions in the past. Yeah, like sometimes you're not sure, am I talking, who am I talking to when I'm communicating about my broken refrigerator, right? Is this someone who actually cares about the building or is it like the owner? Like it's good to know who you're communicating with for better communication, right? Right. That's very important. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, do you want to tell us a little bit about? Like your experience with some property management, managers, who are they, what do they do, and any advice you have for tenants dealing with property managers? Sure. So, you know, it's um, the property manager is very often the front line and the face of the property. So a lot of tenants um, think that the manager um, has the final say in everything, but they don't always realize uh, is that there's actually an ownership that tells the manager what to do, right? So, for example, um, let's say you have a lease renewal, right? Um, and the, you ask the manager, or the manager communicates with you and says, "This is the this is what your new rent uh, will be if you renew your lease." And you may feel, "Oh, that's a really big increase. That's not fair," um, and you may get the tenant may get angry at the manager, but the manager, you have to understand, is just the messenger. That property manager is a salaried, typically a salaried employee, works for a management company, and is really just getting their direction from ownership, right? So, um, you know, at the same time, maybe there's a problem in your apartment or in the building. You need a new something. You need a new refrigerator. Um the manager can't just necessarily spend the owner's money without the owner's approval. If, if for some reason the owner isn't giving the manager the proper resources to make repairs, the manager ends up being the person stuck in the middle. So um, these people, uh, just to give you an idea of who they are and what their backgrounds are, property managers generally have some significant experience in, in how to run a property Aside from administering your your application for an apartment, um, issuing your lease, um, collecting your rent, right? It's their job to collect your rent. Um, so they automatically kind of get a bad rap, right? They have to get your money every month. Um, uh, and if you don't, they're the ones who have to go and call you and email you and pester you to pay your rent. Um, that's their job to collect the rent. They pay all the, you know, they handle payment of all the expenses for a building. They, they usually supervise the building maintenance staff. They have to deal with the city and all the regulations and inspections that happen. They have to deal with all the vendors who provide services to your building. Um, you know, if there's a violation against the building, they have to make sure it gets addressed. Um, 
you know, they get requests from banks who have mortgages on your property for reports and other issues. Um, you know, it's, um, and I can tell you in general, it's a pretty thankless job. Um, they're usually, you know, 95% of the feedback they get from tenants, whether it's online reviews or emails, or whatever, tends to be negative, tends to be negative. And it's very rare that a tenant will recognize the hard work of a manager and say, you know, thank you. Or I really appreciate the job you're doing. Things are so running so smoothly in my building, I don't even realize it, right? So um, when you have a building that's running smoothly, there's usually a manager behind it who's making sure that all happens. That's very and helpful. And when it's not running smoothly, they're the one who has to deal with it, make sure the building has financial resources to deal with the problem, and um, you know get ownership approval for lots of things. So does that answer that's your yeah, that's that's very helpful, Stephen. One of the things that you know, I was on a call uh, recently, representing one of our, an owner that we handle their property, and it was a very difficult situation. The owner wanted something, right, and it was fine within her right to have, like, not to renew a lease or something. And and I and I and I walked it through with the owner because I knew that. As a property manager, we were going to be put in that difficult position of having to be the front line person that has to deal with this problem. And I said, because the owner didn't want to renew the person, the person's been paying rent. And for the owner's reason, whatever the re- reason was, you know, and it's like no one wants to hear that they, that, you know, like bad news. But as the managers, very often you have to do that on the behalf of the owner. So it's a, it's not an easy position sometimes to be in, you know, of course not having the resources, but even sometimes when you have the resources, you know, you're, you're a representative or a proxy of the owner. So I know, I know how hard that is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there, there are situations too. Uh, I could think of one, uh, one or two cases where, um, the manager is really caught in the middle. So, um, uh, there was one instance where, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but like, you know, when I know you're familiar, Albert, but like when, um, there's a problem with, a uh, like any, any small gas leak that's detected in a building. Um, and let's say your boiler is fired by gas, it's powered by gas. Con Ed will instantly shut down the gas, which means your building doesn't have heat. Right. And you cannot turn that gas back on until you go through a very lengthy process. And Con Ed, uh, local utility company, is notoriously slow um, in executing that process. It can be, it can take six months. Um, and even if you bring in a temporary external boiler, that also is a process that can take time, like an emergency temporary boiler. And those things don't always work well. So we had a situation like that at one building that we manage on behalf of ownership. Um, and, you know, it took almost six months to get the, the regular boiler back up and running. Um, and, of course, the manager in the middle gets a ton of grief from the tenants. Understandably, they're upset, but 
um, you know, you go on my company's uh, Google reviews, I could point to the, the you know, the, the negative reviews that we get from tenants who were in that specific building that had that specific problem, um, blaming our company as the property manager when there were so many things out of our control that we couldn't um, help. Um, but the manager was working, I remember, was working really hard, you know, after hours, weekends, constantly calling Con Ed, constantly trying to handle the contractors, trying to deal with the owners to make sure they funded what needed to be funded to, to, to fix the problem. The manager was stuck in the middle of all this. And um, instead of any thank yous, just got grief and bad reviews. Yeah, so I, I get you know, it. It's it it it's um, you know, what I will say also is that managers um, remember the tenants who are appreciative. For sure, you know. For so, sure. so if you, you know, if you're a tenant um, in in a building and you're in communication at all with your property manager, you know, there's an expression I like to I. I you know, I use a lot with my managers and in, in dealing with tenants is that you catch more bees with honey. And, and it always pays in any business relationship, because that's what it is, to treat the people who are working to help you, treat them well, you know, show some appreciation. Even if it's their job, you could still say thank you, you know, and when it comes time for that renewal and the manager is the go-between between between you and the owner of the property, if you've been very nice to your manager, they might advocate for you and say, hey, you know what? This is a really good tenant. They're very nice. Whenever there's a problem, they're very reasonable. Let's give them a little break. So so this, I think the title might be property managers are people too. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Is there anything you suggest, like you said, be nice to them? Like right off the bat, when we sign a lease, let's say, should the tenant, what's something the tenant can do to show like preliminary gratitude towards the property manager? Like we're not talking baking cookies or sending a gift card. Like would an email suffice? Like what do you suggest? You know what? It's um, even just a note. Yeah, just an email to say, you know, Hi, um, this is this is Jane. I just moved into the apartment. I just want to thank you for an easy process and getting the lease done. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to staying here. And 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 thank you for for helping this happen. You know, um, because when when Jane applied for that apartment, the manager processed the application. You know, drafted the lease worked with maintenance to make sure the apartment was ready and made sure the building was ready to receive the tenant, did all those things. They don't get paid anything extra for that. They just did their job. Um, It's kind of like when you have a waiter, their job is to bring you food. When they put the, you know, if you treat them nicely and say, oh, thank you so much, you know, and maybe chit chat them a little bit, maybe they'll bring you an extra drink, you know, (laughs) Or, or it's just a more pleasant relationship. So, if you start out on that foot of like having a nice rapport with your manager and showing some appreciation, when you have the leaky faucet, the manager might say, oh, Jane has a leaky faucet now. Let me make sure that happens right away. Because you have to understand that manager isn't just managing your 
building, usually, unless it's a really big building. Usually, that manager is handling 10 small buildings, you know, um, multiple different maintenance people, multiple different situations at the same time. But you'd be surprised how much quicker someone responds to you when you're nice to them. It's a great point. And they remember I mean, that. I, I think that's a, you know, and I think that's what we're, one of the big things we're trying to accomplish with this podcast is to have what is unfortunately two sides right now, right? Landlords and tenants. To have them both realize that there's people on the other side that, you know, it's a, and it's about communication, working together, you know. Um, Steve, could I, I want to get into it a little bit also with sometimes I think, I think there's a couple things. First is I think there's a, from a property manager's perspective, like a resident, they want to hear certain things from the property manager. Even if it's not in the property manager's control, like a resident wants to know if there's an issue, what's being done about the issue, right? And when it's going to be resolved and what what's going to be done in the future about it or from stop it from happening and or if there's compensation, what that what that's going to look like. And I think when I've had a problem being a, a, a resident or a tenant with the you know property manager, it was there was a failing in one of those categories, meaning I wasn't communicated appropriately with or properly about what was going on, about what was going to be done about it by when and whom when someone was going to tell me what was going on and what was going to be done to avoid it in the future. And then, of course, to your point earlier about those people not having heat, I mean, they paid for heat, you know, from a resident's perspective, right, Melissa? You're like, I'm a tenant. How could I not have heat in my apartment? I get that there's a roof over my head, right? But I should definitely have some kind of compensation for that because I'm not in a place that's everything that I – that that I signed up for in a lease under my warrant of habitability, you know, there's a, there's an agreement that I need to, you know, have my, what I'm supposed to get. So what, and I think property managers, again, are in this weird position that they're in the middle of this conversation where they go to the landlord and say, listen, these people didn't have services. They are deserving of some kind of credit and we should give that to them. Now it's up to the it's up to the landlord or the owner to actually authorize that, but the property manager needs to be able to, a good property manager needs to know that those are the things that need to get done and communicate. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So in in the case of like, let's say the heat goes out for a day and then, you know, a company goes and repairs it. If you're a tenant and you're instantly saying to your manager, oh, I deserve a credit for that because I didn't have heat for a day. That's not reasonable, Right. You could own your own house and the heat could go out and you have to call a repair person and it gets fixed. So if it's if something is completed in a reasonable amount of time, to try to jump on that right away and, and try to get a credit if there's a one-day problem or even a two-day problem, I don't think that that's appropriate. Um, however, if there's a prolonged problem, I agree. Um, an owner should give some credit 
um, against the rent. You know, it could be a percentage. It could be if it's a small problem, it's five percent. If it's a big, big problem, it could be twenty percent, twenty five percent. You know, depends right. on the problem. Agreed. And, um, I, and I, one of the things I noticed also, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, and, yeah. from from the manager's perspective or landlord's perspective, it's hard to give a credit when you don't know the extent of the issue. Like you might say to the tenant, look, here's the situation. We don't know. We're working to resolve it. We don't know when we're going to. We're going to do something, but when we when we're when we know the extent of it. So you might to your point is like the tenant might be going, you know, I don't have heat for one day, two days, but then you say, look, if it's going to be a prolonged period, we're going to, we're going to assess it. And then when we solve it, we're going to give a, we're going to come to some kind of credit resolution. Right. Yeah. No, a, a good manager will, will do their best to jockey between the tenants and ownership and say, look, um, you know, people don't have heat. So we're going to, you know, there's like a good manager will find solutions too. like, okay, we're going to find safe electric heaters, right. That will supply temporarily for free. We'll give people a credit off their electric bills um, because it's going to cost them to heat it instead of us paying for it. If that's the situation, like a good manager knows how to react um, in these situations and also knows how to, and, and by the way, most managers will advocate most good managers will advocate for tenants to ownership and say, look, these people deserve a little break because they've had this big problem. Uh, I'm recommending we do something for them. Now, if you have an obstinate owner who says no, now the manager is in this horrible position, right? He's This, is when, this is when a manager tenants, sometimes... I'm really right. sorry. I've, I've, I've recommended, you know, and it's hard for, it's hard for the manager to kind of... Uh, sell the owner down the river because they work for the owner. So it's hard for them to say, I recommended it, but the owner refused. Have you been in a situation where as a property manager, you've had to go to an owner and said, listen, I can't manage your property if you're not going to. Yes. We've, we've had um, a couple of instances where we were working as a third party manager and it turned out that the owners were not responsible owners, were not um, upright, um, wouldn't fund necessary repairs just for basic warranty of habitability issues, wouldn't give us the resources to do what we needed to do to properly maintain a property. And in those cases, we did... Um, tell ownership, look, we can't work for you anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. We've done that. Very Um, hard. Very hard. You know, I, you know, we, we have certain clients that we've had for many, many, many years and, and, you know, just like everybody else, people go through their ups and downs financially. Um, and there are, have been times where, you know, certain clients, if, if they're tight for cash, you know, we're stuck in this difficult position where we're working for someone for a very long time. We feel loyalty to them. And we're trying to help them through a difficult patch, like let's say through COVID that just happened where, you know, people thought they didn't have to pay rent at all, but but expected building services to be maintained consistently. And if a major repair would come up and the owner didn't have the money for it, it's a very difficult situation. And now we're in the middle trying to keep the building going on a very, very limited budget. 
and we're not going to we're not going to kind of sell out the owner and say, "Oh yeah, tell the tenants, oh yeah, this guy's terrible, he's not funding it, you're right." Like it's a very tricky position to be in. So we do our best. Um we kind of, you know, we end up with the bad reviews online, but it, it it's kind of um, you know, we're kind of uh, we get stuck in the middle. I get that. I get yeah. that. Well, thank you for that. Can I, can I say what I, I was thinking one thing. Can I just say one thing? Of course. I was thinking, I hate the word landlord. Me too. That's why we're here. I I I hate the word landlord. Uh, yeah, you're not a and landlord. I always, you know, whenever there's a lease or whatever, I always try to tell, like, don't put the word landlord. I'm not the lord of anybody. Put owner. I find that word to be so, I hate the word. I, I know I, that's, I don't, that's really I don't want to lord the, over anybody. One of the reasons why we started. One of the reasons why we started the podcast was because <laughs> we we're trying to come up with with uh, we're trying to fix this whole thing. So I got yeah. you. You're, you're uh, certainly it's, not the it's, lord it's, over. It's anybody. very fu- it's a very futile term. It's uh, yeah. We're, we're here to the break stigma. the stigma. That's what Alan break said. The yeah, stigma. Okay, good because it's it's a terrible word, and I think it's um, vilified. Vilified. And that's exactly what Albert said. That's why we're here to unvilify the word. And, you know, maybe it'll, I don't think it'll change anytime soon, but we're not going to change the name of the show. But <laughs> one last thing yeah. about property managers, I don't, you guys kind of touched on it, but not really. So as a tenant, is there ever a situation where like I've communicated with the property managers, they're not solving my problem. I want to talk to the owner. Let me talk to that person directly. I was, this was not in New York, but I was not given access. Um, what is that? Does that ever happen? Is that allowed? Absolutely. Is it frowned upon? I've, talk to me. I've done, I've done that um, both myself as a tenant and then I've done that with tenants where they had an issue with and they wanted to speak to the owner. Um, but I also understand the role of the property manager is to manage the property, right? So the owner says, look, it's the property manager's job to handle this, right? And that's why I hired them. Now, as long as you understand, as long as the property manager understands that and the tenant understands that, it's fair. I think it's a fine request to uh, for the tenant to make an appeal to ownership. You know, I've, I've done that myself. And, and really where I've seen it done in a couple of situations. One is I was dissatisfied with the manager and I didn't, and they weren't doing those job of the, of the things we sick that I said, what I said before, which were one, acknowledge the situation two tell me what you're doing about it. Right. Three, tell me when it's going to be solved. Right. Four, tell me what my compensation is when there's, when they, when they don't have, those four things answered and the manager consistently doesn't answer that as a tenant, you have every right to keep pushing until you get the answer. Right. So, and you should be, and I could tell that the owner as a manager and say, listen, you know, I need the answers to these questions. These people want them. And if you're not, either you're going to give me the answer, empower me as the manager, right. And I'll answer on your behalf or, you know, the tenant wants to speak to you directly and here's why it's important to speak to them. So that's sorry, that's my answer to your question. So I, I do think it's appropriate for an owner to get involved. Um, certainly, 
um, to number one, help the tenant the best way possible, right? To help the manager help the tenant, right? Um, and sometimes that's uh, that's all we have. Like that's the final straw is that the the you know coming from the owner, you know. Stephen and I, as managers, get put in the position sometimes like that it's in the middleman. So when we're able to facilitate a conversation between directly between the owner and the land and the tenant, it helps. Steve, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, look, something to remember is that um, property managers, um, like everybody else, are are human. They're not infallible. They make mistakes. They might be overwhelmed with some other issues going on in some other building at work, and they haven't gotten back to you timely on your issue. It happens. Um, uh, we do our best, you know, in, on our management business. We do our best, um, but you know, the the, the management business uh, is a very um, labor intensive one with very like slim, like as a business, it has very slim financial margins. Um, so unfortunately managers tend to get spread thin. And so if you're in a situation where it's, you know, the manager just isn't getting back to you over and over and over, uh, and you, you know, you want to reach out to the owner, you could try that. Some owners just won't respond. Um, it's better to do it with the cooperation of the, of the manager, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing I suggest is like, you know, if you've tried only emailing, maybe try calling. Um, if you've tried that, maybe try texting. You know, like I, most mid or large size managers today, they all operate using technology. We use technology. Um, we have text capabilities. We have email capabilities through a portal. Um, you know, try those channels. So... One of the things we hate, right? Because our, our company tends to be very responsive to maintenance requests. Um, we have a system set up. We have maintenance people. One thing we found, and this often happens with non-tech savvy tenants, especially kind of like older tenants, the second that there's a problem, or maybe they had a bad owner or manager before we came along, they will automatically call the city for any problem instead of just talking to us first. You know, they will actually make maintenance. They will call 311 in New York City, 311. You could call the city and complain about whatever it is if you think there's not enough heat or if you, you know, think something needs to be repaired. You can make a complaint to the city and the city will come out and inspect and cause a violation. Now what happens? If you just called the manager, the manager would have told the super to fix it, right? Instead, when you do that, now the manager not only has to fix the problem, which is no problem, they'll fix it. But now they also have to clear a violation. You're making more work for the manager. Plus, there's a delay. I think also now that you're telling, I mean, now you're talking about it, you're subjecting the government agency to get there and react on time, and then tell the manager. So that's just going to take time, also. Right. So the you know we've been we're big advocates here at SL Landlord of you know picking up the phone and and or whatever communicating effectively person to person hey here's what's going on here's what i need here's my situation you know and then the same thing from landlords and, and managers back to and say listen instead of you know putting technology in the way also 
it's also, it's just, you know, making that human connection where you're saying, listen, here, I'm going to call the person back and I'm going to tell right. them what, this is what's that, going on. And that goes back to the beginning of the conversation, right? When you first get your new apartment, say thank you to your manager. We have, we have some tenants over the years who send my managers holiday cards. Um, we even have one who, who brings one of my managers cookies every year at Christmas, okay. at Christmas time, you know, That's and like, and now the ma- that manager, that same manager gets so much grief all the time, but she remembers that tenant who's always nice and brings her the cookies. And you know what? Guess what? When that tenant has a leaky faucet, guess who's, guess who's leaky faucet's going to get fixed first. That's so smart. So smart. You know? That's so, great advice. You know, you know it, it just, um, they're people. They're yeah. people and they, you know, they're stretched thin like we all are. Love your property managers. They're people too. <laughs> That's it. That's the message. Thank you so much, Stephen and Albert. That was really good. Very, very informative. I think you touched on a lot of good points. And again, Ask the Landlord is about bridging the gap between landlords, owners, and tenants. And I think another thing we're doing and we don't even realize is we're just trying to create nicer, kinder people out there. Start off on a nice foot and good things will come your way, right? (laughs) For more episodes, please subscribe to Ask the Landlord on your favorite podcast platform. We'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch the show, check out our Ask the Landlord YouTube channel. If you have a question for Albert, feel free to contact him on Instagram at Ask the Landlord and check out his TikTok at Ask the Landlord. Bridging the gap between landlords and tenants, this has been Ask the Landlord. Thanks for listening.